What's going on guys? I've missed you. It's been like three weeks since I posted anything and it's not been laziness, I promise you. It's been because I've been trying to sort my own life out and trying to get my own head straight and it's not working. So I've given up and I've decided just to go ahead and post something and talk to you guys for a little bit. Um, it's the end of the year. This is a fantastic time for reflection. Uh, usually when December rolls around, I start, I start looking back and trying to spend time reflecting and thinking back on all the progress I've made, all the lessons I've learned this year. It's a good practice that's helped me a lot. And it just didn't happen this year. I, it, December 1st hit, and then that's kind of the last thing I remember. I've been involved in just a lot of chaos. And that's good because it is the, it is the dissolving of old structures that I thought made sense, but they really didn't. So I've had to, I guess, put to death an older version of myself in order to find something more stable, something new, something that's actually going to carry me forward. And I think that that's important to understand is that, you know, a lot of times we cling really tightly to the way that we think things should be. And it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's painful to, to live in a state of just constant bewilderment. Like it's just, just not knowing what's going on. And that's kind of the state that I've lived in for a long time. Cause I assume that I never know everything and like there's always something new to learn and so I, i'm always curious like what's the next thing like what's something that can actually shake up my worldview a little bit let me let me get that let me let me hear that let me process it so i can figure out maybe i was wrong before you know and the downside to that is that you got to have some structure you have to have some stability you have to have something that you rely on at the end of the day something that you can have a little bit of like even if you don't fully understand it, you can, I guess, have a little bit of faith in it. You can just kind of trust like that structure is going to stand there. That's going to be there. Um, and it's, it's tough to find things to pick um, that can act as those irrefutable laws. If you put it in another person, for example, like, well, if that person betrays you, you're in a really bad spot. But at the same time, you can't go through life expecting people to betray you. You have to give them a certain amount of trust and just kind of um, put, make yourself vulnerable to some extent. And they may still hurt you, but you have to kind of go through life to some extent willing to, to take that risk. And that's a, that's a tremendous amount of self-confidence. Like you have to be you have to be a brave person to do that, because part of that is it's not just that you trust the other person, because, you know, we understand that people are not always trustworthy. But you pick someone who who appears to be trustworthy the best that you can do. You find somebody and you, you say, not only am I trusting you, but I'm also trusting myself to be OK if you do hurt me if you do betray me if you do double cross me and that's a much more productive way to live it's you're still going to go through certain times where you do get hurt and that sucks but it's a bit it's a much better way to live because you can have more meaningful relationships you can have more you know better friends you can have more um you know intimate relationships you know, that, that actually last and work out which i'm not necessarily the best person to give advice on those specifically but i'm just saying there's, you have to give trust to get it in some extent, in some, some, some way, shape, or form, unfortunately. Um, and that's the lesson I've been having to relearn. It's also important to understand that it, if you don't take time to reflect on your life and to really sit with yourself and see the things that are lurking beneath the surface, you can, you can screw yourself up in a big way. And what I mean by that is, look, we get really fixated on, on what we think is true, on what we think is the right way to do things. We get really caught up pretty, pretty easily, at least, at least for me, in the day-to-day the -day stuff, you know, the, the, the grind, 
the routine. And don't get me wrong, I love the grind. The routine is is amazing. I, I, I would go insane without some sort of routine. Most people would. Um, I think anybody would, actually. And some of the most stressful times of my life are those times where it's like, it's so chaotic that you don't even have time to get a routine, like, on a week-by-week -week basis. It's like every single week is different. That's like the most stressful, at least for me anyway. Don't get me wrong, I like stimulation. I like change. I like, you know, to be kind of, you know, tumbling around a little bit. But at the same time, you know, while I do like that excitement, like you need some level of stability and everybody's going to be a little bit different with that. Well, it's easy to get caught up in all that stuff, though. And it's easy to, to just kind of take it for granted that these things are true, like this is the way life is. And so you may go through a period of, of, of a long time, and I'll use relationships with other people as a great example. Maybe you've been communicating with people your whole life or for a significant amount of time. And one day, you know, your best friend or your, your partner or somebody that you're close to looks at you and says, I, I can't stand when you do that. It drives me insane. And it's really, you know, kind of hard not to take that personally. I think we've, I think most people have gone through this. Um, close relationships tend to be really good at that because we like to, we like to protect our blind spots and we don't know that they're there. But when somebody gets close to us, they see us in a different perspective. They see us differently. And if that person is good for us, they're going to call us out on our, on our, on our BS. They're going to call us out on a, the things that we don't notice. They're going to bring those things to our attention. And it's always going to be painful because it's going to be a revelation of our inadequacy. And that's not a pleasant experience for, for anybody, even if you would look at it with a good mindset and say, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm happy that I learned this. I, you know, it sucks that it's there, but I'm ready to change it. It's, it's a painful thing to go through because you realize that you're not as good as you thought you were. You realize that you have to reevaluate your, your self-image, your self-perception, and you have to kind of take a minute and say, well, is, is this thing that I'm doing that's affecting other people in a negative way, or it's affecting the way that they perceive me in a negative way, is it worth doing? Is it, is it worth creating that image, right? And that's kind of you know where people get caught up pretty easily is they say things like, well, I don't care what people think about me. Well, that's really stupid. You should care what people think about you. You don't want to live your life based off of what other people think of you. But if you go around just completely oblivious to other people, you're going to put yourself in a bad position very quickly because you need other people. Everything that we do is, is a com communal thing. Like we're always interacting with one another. We need each other. We need, we need each other for all sorts of things. You know, you can't go into a business by yourself and say, you know, I don't care what the customers think of me. I don't care what my coworkers think of me. I'm pretty good at what I do so I can get away with whatever. And I know a lot of people that try to do that. And sometimes they are really good at what they do and they kind of get away with it to some extent. But it's, it's, it's not even remotely the same type of production as the people that are like aware of how they affect other people. Of, uh, they're aware of the, the frame of reference that they create um, through their actions. They, they're, they're aware of the perception that they create in the minds of other people as much as is you know, humanly possible to, to do that. But they're, they're, they're conscious of it. <laughs> They have some sense of like self-awareness. You have to have that. You have to be willing to look at yourself objectively and you have to listen to and observe the feedback that other people give you because people aren't always going to say, you're getting on my nerves or, hey, don't do don't say things like that or whatever. Sometimes you, you have to watch people. You have to tune into them and you just have to kind of notice where they start offering resistance. And if you don't do that, 
and you're totally self-focused and you're just like, oh, this is how I do things. This is how I think things are, are supposed to be. And this is how it makes sense to me. You know, don't get me wrong. You need to have a certain amount of self-reliance and the willingness to go your own way. But if you're just oblivious to how that way affects other people, you're, you're going to handicap yourself. And it's really frustrating. It's very immature for people to say, I don't care what others think of me. You need to care to some extent. Not saying you should base your life off of other people's opinions. Not, nothing like that. Like, don't, don't take it out of, you know, don't, don't misconstrue things. But you need to be cognizant of the fact that we, this is a communal effort. Like, we're, we're plugged into a community. We're plugged into a society. Um, you know, like, we're, we're all in the same spider web together. We're all, everything that we do affects, you know, other people. Um, and because of that, if we're, if we're hurting other people, they're going to offer resistance. And it's, it's, it's not usually a necessary um, thing that we, we upset people. Sometimes it is, um, but to, to know when it is a good time to go against the grain and when it's a good time to just kind of go with the herd, that takes a lot of discernment. That takes a lot of wisdom, and you really only get there by experience. But you, you, you can't get that experience by only being one-minded and saying, I have to always do what other people do or I have to always do whatever I want to do. Like there's usually like if the, the wisdom of the crowd has a significance and it's not always right. And there's a few glaring um, instances where, you know, the wisdom of the crowd is clearly wrong for, you know, I'm just I'll put it lightly. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like you, you don't want to be in a, a position where you just do what other people do no matter what. You have to develop your character to be the type that you can discern between what is right and wrong. And you can understand, like, you know, sometimes I don't have the answers, so I'm going to go along with what other people say. Sometimes I do have the answers. I'm going to stand up for what I believe, even if it, if it goes against the, the, the common consensus. But a lot of that, again, this comes down to the, the self-reflection, the side of, like, are you looking at yourself with the intention of uncovering your inadequacies? Are you trying to grow by just getting better and, and in, in, incrementally improving certain things, maybe your your finances, maybe your health, maybe your, your mental health, um, your, your knowledge of a certain topic? Or are you going to look at yourself and say, what is everything that's wrong with me? What's everything that's holding me back? What's everything that's preventing me from being happy, from being healthy, from being wealthy, from being loved, from being surrounded by a good community? What are all the negative um, beliefs that I have? What is, what is the thing that keeps me up at night? What, what are the things that I seem to have the same problems no matter where I go. This is a recurring theme. You know, maybe no matter where I go, there's always drama. I know people that say that. It's like, oh, I just, I can't help it. Everywhere I go, there's drama everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's, that's a mystery. I wonder, I wonder how that's happening. So strange. Um, you know, we, we've all got our own little things, but like you see the same recurring patterns over and over again. It's, it's much easier to, it's, it's less painful to look and say, okay, you know what? Um, in this new year, I want to be, healthier. So I'm going to go to the gym. That's great. I always encourage that and support that. However, it's, it's a much more profound work to sit there and say, you know, what, what traits and tendencies, what characteristics, what bad habits do I have that are continually, um, continuously, excuse me, um, sabotaging my life? Like, how am I, how am I self-sabotaging my life? What are the really big things that I need to tackle? And maybe you can't figure that out all at once. That's okay. It takes work to do that. And sometimes you have to start with the, those incremental improvements. Now, those incremental improvements are a really big deal. And I want to bring that up because we are going into the new year. 
Um, Merry Christmas, by the way. Happy New Year's, all that, all that good stuff. Um, whatever it is that you celebrate, um, happy that. Uh, I wish you the best. Um, but yeah, going into the New Year's, I, I talked about this last year. I think I talked about it the year before. I'm going to assume that I did. People make the mistake with New Year's resolutions that they try to figure out, this is what I'm going to be this year, right? I'm going to, I'm cre- I'm going to create this big change. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to go back to the gym. I'm going to focus on my health. I'm going to focus on my finances. I'm going to, I'm going to pay off my debt and build my credit up. I don't know. I'm going to find someone that I want to spend more time with, um, or I'm going to be better to my family. I don't know. Whatever it is, they come up with these ideas, and they, they don't really plan them well. And so most most New Year's resolutions are kind of over with by February, which is really depressing. But it's, it's also, it's not because people don't want to get better. You know, what happens every New Year is like everybody gets excited. Everybody's like, yes, this is going to be my year. I'm going to do things different. I have this plan. I'm excited about it. I have energy. There's emotional content. I've thought about it. I'm ready to do it. People want to change. They just don't like the work that comes with it. And they also, a lot of times, don't have a good strategy for how to create that change in their lives. And, you know, I think it, it's, it's a combination of those two things. I would say that if you're willing to do the work and you're willing to have a good work ethic and you're intelligent and you're, you, you, you try to problem solve, you try to learn new things, you go out there and you, you put yourself in a position where you're going to fail, but you can learn something from it. You're going to be around people who are smarter than you and they're going to tell you that you're, you're an idiot sometimes, but they're also going to teach you. And that, that, you know, those moments of, wow, that was dumb those are growing moments for you, right? Those, those are points of, 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 of progress. If you have that, you can figure out, you know, the hacks and the shortcuts and the, the ways to expedite things. But you got to start with the willingness to actually get your hands dirty. And that, like, that's one of the things that I, I deal with the most in, you know, just this talking to people, uh, whether it's coaching or just kind of people that reach out, is they they want to change and they understand that, like, my whole thing is that if you understand your brain, you understand how your psychology works, you can kind of find ways to make it easier to do things. And people kind of, I think, misunderstand that. I'm, I'm really big on understanding human behavior for a, a lot of reasons. And I, I love teaching about it because it's, it's something that if you don't understand human behavior and human nature, one, you don't understand yourself. So you're, it's difficult to create... Um, it's difficult to create the life that you want if you don't understand the tools that you have to work with. It's really difficult to, uh, like I said, we're, we're part of a community no matter what. Even, even in the age that we live in now, you can do most everything online. Even so, other people are still important. We're plugged into a community. If you don't understand the people around you, you know, again, like you're going to struggle. Like If you don't understand that, for example, people have an ego, I had this conversation recently with somebody and they were like confused. Like, I don't understand. Like this person shouldn't be threatened by me. Like they're my boss. Like they're, they have more money than me. They have more power than me. Like, I don't understand why they're intimidated by me. It's so unprofessional. It irritates me. And I was like, listen, like they're still a person like having that position, having that title, even the money, like it, it doesn't change you. It doesn't make you into suddenly like, oh, I'm not insecure anymore. They're still insecure. They still have the same ego. They still have the same fears. They still have the same insecurities. They, they still have all of that stuff. Nothing changes, you know? I guess you can decide to grow through that stuff, but you have to do a lot of personal work and growth to, to get to that point. Just having some sort of title, and, and this is the, the problem that I see probably the most 
um, in, in like business environments is people just assume that like they can speak to others however they want. And it's like, it's a weird thing. It's like, you wouldn't say that like, oh yeah, I can talk to my boss however I want, but they, they act like it and they say, oh, well, they should be threatened by me. They should be insecure. That shouldn't offend them. Well, it does. <laughs> and it's not rocket science to figure that. It's not like, I don't think that it's a profound insight to say, hey, this is still a human being that has feelings and is going to react negatively to, you know, a perceived threat. And you're threatening this person's ego. You're threatening their, their insecurities right now. Like you have to be cognizant of that. You have to be careful about how you approach people. And so like it could be something simple like that, or it could be something a little bit more complicated. And we, we, we cover both in this in this show. But the point being, when when you're when people come to me and they say, okay, what's the what's the trick for doing this? Listen, there's there's ways to make it easier. There's ways to leverage your natural abilities and your and, and to mitigate your natural um, shortcomings. There there are but it's not a substitute for getting your hands dirty and doing the work. I would rather you be an idiot who's just willing to work their ass off than a genius who's not willing to, to put in any effort until they have everything figured out. Because that, like, I mean, think about it, which of those two people is going to make more progress? Obviously, the person that's willing to get their hands dirty and get started. So what I encourage you to do is the same thing I encourage people every year. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't be afraid to set ambitious plans and goals and to set big dreams, but focus on the here and now. Like you can say, okay, I want this huge garden. I want this, this massive garden. It's going to have all these crops. It's all this, you know, uh, very, very fertile. And I'm going to be well-fed. I'm going to have an excess. I'm going to give away to my friends and family. And I'm going to have some to sell. I'm going to have, like, it's going to be very profitable and be very, like, you know, it's, it's going to be a great experience. I'm going to have everything that I need. And then you, you kind of like, look at this gigantic tract of land and like you haven't done anything to it. Like, no, 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 you need to focus right now on like, what do I need to plant today? You know, what do I need to water today? What do I need to go back and weed? What do I need to maintain? What do I, like, you've, you've got to actually start from the beginning. You have to till the soil. You have to plant the seeds. You have to water it. You have to, you know, care for this garden. And you can have these lofty dreams, that's fine. But if you sit around thinking about and, you know, looking off into the distance, one day I want the garden to go that way. But you're not taking care of the, the crops that are right in front of you. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you have to be willing to, to pull your head out of these fantasies. I, like, again, I encourage daydreaming. I encourage you to, to sit there and to create these, these huge um, dreams that get you excited that, that you move towards. But the majority of your attention should be focused on what do I do right now? Okay, because when you stop daydreaming and when you pull yourself into the present moment, you realize you're just sitting there not doing anything. It's like, okay, well, how much time did I just waste doing that? How much energy did I just waste? You don't have to have the plan figured out. You don't have to have the details figured out. If you're looking at this new year and saying, well, I don't really know what I want to be. I know that I want to be better off. And that's, that's just vague. Like, I need to get specific with it. Well, okay, you, you can, but at the same time, pick the best plan that you can. All right, because you're not going to have it figured out. And I promise you that in six months, that plan is not going to be the same. You are going to change in the next six months. You're, if you're doing the work, you're going to change. You're assuming that if I set this goal, like, I, I don't know, I want to be a millionaire in two years. And then you're assuming that in two years, you're going to be the same person that wants the same thing. And you're just, you're not. It's just not reality. I don't think I've ever had a plan for more than six months or so. And like, it's not that my dreams completely change or my goals completely change. But the, the path to get there, it's like you get started 
and you see new opportunities. You say you see new ways of getting there. And one of the beautiful things about life in general is that it's it's never a cookie cutter approach. It's not a one size fits all. There's there's a there's a concept in alchemy where they talk about how like it's it's not a precise recipe for turning you know base metals into gold. It's it's not an exact follow this precisely and you get there. It's more of an art. It's more of like you understand these different concepts and you put them together in a way that makes sense and you just kind of do it and then you get a little bit of divine help at some point and that's usually like the little bit that pushes you over the edge and you, you figure it out over time but it's, it's your unique approach it's, it's specific to you and it's like it's not something that's repeatable by anybody else you can still teach other people you can still help other people you can tell them the principles and the concepts right but it's not a one-size-fits-all and that's a really cool thing all right. Now, again, there's there's a lot of useful things that, that you should know about life in general. And there's a lot of different categories to life that you have to figure out. And that's part of why this is so confusing. It's really kind of a pain sometimes because we're just kind of thrown here. Nobody gives us a rule book. Nobody tells us this is the manual for your brain. This is how you do this. These are the different areas of your life. You're going to have to figure them out. Um, we'll put you in school. But by the way, we're actually going to teach you how to, you know, take care of any of the things that matter. We're not going to teach you how to have, you know, good social skills. We're just going to throw you to the wolves and hope you figure it out. And we'll get on to you if you're if you're too far off. If you're a psychopath and you're just way off base, we'll correct you then. But otherwise, you're kind of just left to, to fend for yourself. And I'm, I'm not necessarily against that. I'm, but, you know, it goes much deeper than that. Because like, what are the things that really bring meaning and significance to our lives, right? Like, think about those things. And they're usually like, it's kind of uh, to the point of it's, it's, it's cliche to say a lot of them. It's like, it's usually not the money. It's usually not the superficial things. A lot of times it comes down to, you know, the connections that we have with other people and the experiences that we have, the meaningful, profound experiences that we have in our life. And almost always those experiences are not something that we were able to plan. You can't say we're going to go out on this date night and have this amazing time and it's going to be perfect. And this is going to be a night I remember forever. You know, sometimes that happens, like with a lot of planning, but usually the really special moments happen organically. They happen just because, and you can't plan for them. And they usually don't make any sense. They usually go against the, the rules of what you think things are supposed to, to look like. And that's my big problem. And I've become very aware of that lately, is that I think things should be a certain way and I keep trying to fit them. And it just doesn't work. It's like, well, okay then. It's time to learn a different approach. It's time to learn a different way of doing things, right? And so you, you figure out what is true, what has been working, what has been consistent. And it's like, actually, it's, it's a couple of things. <laughs> it's a few things, right? And that's, to me, the essence of philosophy. That's, that's what, like, the philosophers are trying to figure out what is true, what, what is a good way to approach life, what is a good way to understand life, how can I explain life? But the issue with philosophy is that it's, it's not a, one is that it's usually based in human logic, right, which is limited at best. It's, I don't know if fallible is the right word. Um, I don't know if that actually is a word, but it's just coming to mind. It's something that is, that is prone to error, you know, human judgment. We make judge, uh, errors in judgment all the time. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't try by any means, but it does mean that fundamentally, everything that's being brought forth and proposed in the realm of philosophy, which whether it's, um, whether it's stamped with that label or not, it's coming from a place of bias. And um, 
a certain, it's coming from a certain perspective. It's coming from a certain place of limitation. Again, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value, but we have to understand that whatever we think about life, we've got to hold on to that kind of loosely. And we have to just kind of embrace the fact that we don't really know what's going on, but we're going to do our best and we're going to pick something that seems meaningful and we're going to pursue it. We're going to go for that. So whatever it is this new year that you want to go for, again, the new year is such an arbitrary thing. Most goals in general are arbitrary. And that's the other point I want to bring up. Pick something that is the best thing that you can think of. I'm pretty sure Jordan Peterson says that. Like, you know, pick the best plan you can and stick to it. And then over time, you'll change the plan. And I agree with that because you don't know where you're going to be six months from now. You don't know what kind of person you're going to be. However, if you refuse to move forward at all, if you refuse to make any changes, well, then you do know what kind of person you're going to be. You're going to be, you're not, you're going to be a little bit worse off than you are now because the collective, the compounded weight of those negative decisions is going to add up to be a little bit more. You're going to be a little bit more entrenched in your negative behaviors and habits. So what I encourage people to do is, is to not focus so much on, you know, this year I'm not going to drink. This year I'm going to start, you know, amateur bodybuilding contests. This year I'm going to be, uh, I don't know, making 10 uh, 10,000 a month. I'm going to have my debt paid off, whatever. Instead, it's more important to figure out what are, what are the habits that I can focus on? What are the little things on the day-to-day -day basis? Let's pull my head out of the clouds. Let's get out of this fantasy of the future of trying to manifest something that isn't real, something that's going to change anyway, something that I probably won't even like if I get to there. Let's instead focus on what do I do today? What are the little habits that I need? So for example, um, if you want to you know, get in better shape, Maybe you focus on like five, six, however many days a week. Maybe, maybe it's three days a week. I don't care. You say, okay, like I'm going to go to the gym these days a week and I'm going to do something active for the rest of it. It doesn't have to be a workout, but it needs to be something to where it's like every day I'm doing something and that is training my, my mind to see myself as a fit person. So maybe it's literally like I actually go work out three days a week and then I, I take a 10 minute walk the other few days. Like I, I walk after dinner, whatever. Is that a profound change? Well, yes and no. Like in and of itself, it's not going to make that much of a difference. But you do that little walk for the next 10 years, that actually does add up to be quite a bit. You know, and then that, 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 that little walk becomes, hey, I actually have energy. Let's go to the gym again, you know, after six months, after a year. You don't need to worry about that right now. Start with where you're at. Pick a good habit that you can fixate on right now. Um, and I, I think that it's really important that when you pick these habits that you don't say, well, what is everybody else doing? Everybody else is picking, um, you know, goals around success. They're picking goals around money, around health, around, you know, their jobs or this car that they want, whatever. Like, don't do that. Sit down with yourself for a while in silence and, and just nothing, nothing around you. Just see what comes up. Just allow your unconscious mind to throw whatever crap is, is down there <laughs> up to the surface and let it, let it tell you what it wants. And it's going to tell you that in an uncomfortable way. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but it's going to be unpleasant. If you're doing self-reflection right, it is unpleasant. Let me get some coffee. If you guys have any good coffee recommendations, send them my way. I, am, I love coffee. Um, I think my entire life runs off of coffee. I finally got a Keurig this year. I've been... He's like, get up in the morning, and like, go drive somewhere and get coffee. And I finally have, like, actually good coffee in my apartment now. It's amazing. Um, but, okay. <clears throat> so, self-reflection. And we're going to talk about a few other things right after this. And I'm sorry that this isn't one specific topic. This is more of, like, a 
view on life kind of deal. It's more of a philosophic approach than strictly psychology. But we are going to talk a little bit about psychology. So, at, and which which makes me think of something else that I need to bring up. Okay, so when you when you sit when you sit alone, and and one thing that I'll point out, um, a lot of people have issue with is just because of social media. It's really easy to distract ourselves. It's really easy to have, you know, to, to text somebody, to, to get on and start scrolling something. Um, you know, even me and my little existential crisis this last month or so, and I'm just like, I've, I've been off of social media. The only thing, the only social media that I've been on, I've been on Instagram like three or four times. Uh, I've been on Twitter a lot lately, actually. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, um, I have like four followers. <laughs> I've got um, I've got like four followers. Let me figure out what my what my username is, because I've started. I realized that this is a way that I can actually um, make my thoughts public quickly, um, and it's it's been a lot of fun actually. And I, I like the fact that you can communicate and you can discuss with people and you can argue a little bit. Um, my username is Jack Gray Psy, P S Y. Um, because that was not taken, and I didn't want numbers in it, because it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, follow me on Twitter um, to hear my random thoughts of existential crisis. Sometimes they're entertaining, sometimes they're not. Either way, that's going to be my preferred method from now on. I don't like TikTok. I just, I, I, I just don't like the app. I really don't. Um, it has potential. It has power in it. I just, it, it's such a destructive thing. And like, even when I try to use it for good, it's like I, I end up with, with like getting the negative effects no matter what. So I'm not swearing off of it because you've got to stay tapped into like the course of civilization. Like you can't just cut yourself out of the technological progress and expect to still do well. So it's like, I'm not saying don't use TikTok ever. I'm saying that personally for me, I'm taking a break for a while. So if you want to hear my thoughts, Twitter's a good way to do it. If you want to actually get in touch with me, Instagram's probably easier. That being said, when you, when you put your phone away and you're not scrolling, and you're not sitting there distracting yourself. You're not talking to other people. You don't have music on in the background. You don't have anything. And you sit there for an hour. And I promise you, this is harder to do than it might seem. Sit there and just see what happens. And don't even... And that can be difficult enough for a lot of people. For me, it wasn't too hard. What was hard for me was not thinking too much. Um, and it's not that you aren't allowed to think. But it's like, if I sit there and I just start obsessing over a problem, you know, like oh, I haven't had any work in, you know, three weeks or whatever. It's like, I'm stressed about that. Or the money's not coming in the way I want it to. Or, you know, I, th there's this problem with this, this girl. Or there's a problem with, like, oh, my muscles aren't growing fast enough. I need to eat more. Like, whatever it is. Like, if I sit there and obsess over something for a while, that also is not allowed. It's, like, it's okay to think. It's okay to allow what comes up to come up. But the point is that your unconscious speaks to you, as we all know, through emotions and symbols. So it's going to throw negative emotions at you. So it's going to take things that you are not addressing. It's going to throw them in your face, and you're going to feel bad. And you're going to feel kind of anxious. You're going to feel kind of depressed. A lot of times, that's okay. You already feel that way. You just don't know it. So becoming aware of it is actually a very healing process because now you can bring attention to it. You can nurture those parts of yourself that have become fragmented, that have become separated, and you can reintegrate them. You can heal them. You can become, you can release that, that, that um, psychic energy that's being like constrained and used to kind of bottle up these negative emotions. You can free that up to actually, you know, be productive now, to, to, to feel good. And you don't need to necessarily be moving towards anything to do that. You can just, just have it. This is something that you have access to. Um, 
And, and out of those moments of self-reflection of just sitting there and allowing your brain to talk to you, which it will do. And it's a weird thing. It's a very strange thing. I had, uh, oh, what happened last night? I had a weird experience last night. I was going to sleep and my unconscious made a joke. And like, it was such a, like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like I was just laying there and I was kind of like just at peace. And I was just laying there resting, nothing crazy going on. And all of a sudden, um, I wish I could remember what the joke was now, but it made a joke. And it was like, I didn't think it, I didn't think it through. It wasn't a logical progression. It was just all at once just presented itself to me. And I was like, and I guess you could look at it like that's the creative aspect coming up and giving you an idea. That's like a source of inspiration. But the feeling that I got was more like my unconscious was looking at me, like laughing at me, like, ah, isn't this funny? And like, I had this weird moment of like, you know, there's your, your brain's almost like an alien thing when you really start exploring it because it's very strange it's very weird and it's it's big like it's 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 deep like you can go you can spend your whole life exploring your unconscious and you're never going to get to the bottom of it where our brains are like the most complicated thing that we know of in the universe and to think that we have it figured out because we use it every day is silly we don't have it figured out at all we don't have very much figured out period because you know, we can look at our lives and say, oh, why do I keep doing that? Well, why do you keep doing that? What, what, what is it that makes you do those things? Why do you keep going back to that person? Why do you keep eating that, that food you know you shouldn't? Why do you keep making that same mistake? Why do you keep losing your temper? Why do you keep acting in this way? Why do you keep doing these things? Why? And it's like, well, because part of you is making that decision and you're not consciously aware of it. And we, we, it's not hard to think of examples of this. Like, you know, you look back at a, a, a decision that you made that in hindsight, it's like, that was stupid. It's like, what was I thinking? And you realize like on some level, you kind of knew what you were doing, but you were hiding it from yourself. You know, like you're lying to yourself. You're, you're doing things that are, um, you know, they, they contradict each other. You know, your beliefs and your actions, they don't always line up. Why? Because your brain's somewhat disjointed and it's like, it's, it's, it's working together, but these pieces are still somewhat isolated too. You know, like you've got this really big network of, of, of components in, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your head and they're all connected, they're all communicating, but some of them are also hiding things from you, right? And some of, sometimes it's because they're hiding things. Sometimes it's because it's like, you know, you can't consciously process everything, so you have to hide some of it. I think I mentioned last time um, how crazy it was that like you can be in a crowded room and hear, hear your name and, and lock in on that conversation. It's like, well... The only way that you could hear your name is if you were actually listening to it beforehand. So the unconscious is listening to all these different conversations. It's watching everything that's happening in your, in your field of vision. It's aware of all the things that are on your skin. And like, you know, it's, it's aware of everything. And it's just deciding this is what he needs. This is what she wants to see or hear or whatever. And it's like, that's really weird, like, to, to, to explore that personality. Because that's a part of you that you don't even know is there. But it's always there. And so the reason that I'm so big on this, this contemplation, this self-reflection is because what comes up is a communication that needs to happen because you are a community, even within your own head, even like inside of your own body, you still have to work with different parts of yourself. There's different parts of your personality that kind of act semi-autonomously. Um, I kind of struggle with that for some reason, but there, there, there's, there's different parts of you that they act with a certain amount of independence. And so like, you'll see like, you know, we, we talk about the shadow self a lot, like certain, like you'll have this, these moments where something just kind of comes over you and like you do something or say something and like, look back, like, why did I do that? 
is so out of character for me. Well, like you're repressing that. Like that's a part of you that's 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 there somewhere and you're not acknowledging it. Now, when you go through the process of exploring this and you let that part of your brain talk to you and tell you what it needs you to hear, which is not going to do it in a logical way. It's going to do it. It's going to show you things. It's going to make you feel things. If you listen to it, that part of your brain that is taking in this incomprehensible amount of information and it's filtering it all out and it's processing it and it's deciding what it wants you to see and it's like you know what there's a lot of stuff that it wants you to see but you just don't have the bandwidth for it so there's a lot of little problems that it's working on and there's a lot of things that it notices are, are an issue and it wants you to address them right but it can't communicate with you if you don't allow it to so when you sit and you allow it to communicate with you you're going to realize like there's a there's a lot of holes in your life there's a lot of gaps in your understanding and you'll realize that you know, I, I've been doing this this XYZ for whatever and I just feel really empty inside I just really don't feel um, you know like I'm I'm like fulfilled when I'm doing it or I, I'm in this relationship and I'm just like I'm holding back a lot why and it's like well actually it's because I'm you know some primal part of me you know wants the options of the dating world and it's like, I feel like secure in this relationship. So I feel like I need, I need to have all these options then. And that's like, there's nothing wrong with feeling that way, but it's also, it's holding me back and I need to address this. I need to work through it. If I want to like, do I decide that I want to leave this person that I'm with? Or do I want to decide that I need to, you know, allow that part of me to, to be that that's making me feel the need to run around. I need to heal that part of me and I need to, I need to accept it. And I need to work through it. That way I can actually give myself to this relationship more and I can have a more uh, like a more meaningful, a deeper interaction with this other person. And it's like, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what you want to do. But if you don't take the time to sit there and think about it, you're not going to figure it out. You know, same thing with, with you know, finances, with jobs, careers. It's like your, your job doesn't have to be like the most amazing thing in the world. But if it's something that doesn't give you any pleasure or any satisfaction at all, you know, what's the point of doing that? Could you do something better? Probably, if you're halfway intelligent, you could probably figure out something better, right? But if you don't take the time to acknowledge that you have that, that need inside of you, because it's easier just to tune out and to, to distract yourself, to numb yourself with, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and Twitter, uh, you know, like it's easier to distract yourself with that stuff. But what happens? Well, you end up, you ignore the most important parts of your life, because the most important part of your life is what's right in front of you. <laughs> It's what's right here, right now. You don't have anything else. Those dreams that you have, they're not real. I'm not saying don't dream, but I'm saying bring your attention to, 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 the, to the present. Understand that like, if you don't do that, you're going to miss out on a lot of good things. Because at the end of the day, what's really meaningful, a lot of times it comes down to the people around you and the experiences that you have. And the experiences may or may not have anything to do with other people. But you can't appreciate them and enjoy them if your head's somewhere else. If you're in the future, if you're stressing about the past, if you're stressing about like, I have to be this person or that person, right? So as we roll into this new year, really take the time and like, just cut the bullshit. Just, just let go of all the stuff that you've been programmed to think is, is meaningful. I've got to go to the gym. I've got to hit up Planet Fitness first thing, to, you know, January 1st. Well, no, actually, what is January 1st? Let me see what kind of day that is before I make this joke. There's, there's a concept, January 1st, it'll be January 2nd, because nobody's going to start on January 1st, because it's a Sunday. So, and that's, you know, a lot of people, I think it's called 
it's, it's something about landmarks. People use landmarks. So it's like, it's easier to start on Monday to tell yourself psychologically, let's start on Monday than it is like, I'm just going to start today. You know, it's, what is today? Wednesday that I'm recording. So like, it's Wednesday, I'm going to go start today. Well, it's easier to just, uh, it's already halfway through the week. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to get all the muscle groups in and, you know, I've already got plans and I will, we'll do it Monday. It's easier to do that. Right. And you know what? Like, it's fine to understand that that does make it easier, but at the same time, the longer you put something off, the less likely it is that it's going to happen. And you don't have to, uh, another point with that is you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to say like, oh, I'm going to get my life together this year. But if you can get one thing better this year, that's, that's, that's something, right? It's like, okay, I, I don't really have the answers for everything, but I'm going to commit myself to being as healthy as possible this year. That's, that's, that's a commitment that I made in 2022. That was what I decided. I said, listen, health is priority no matter what. And so I did that and I became much healthier. And like, I, I, I was very consistent for this year um, in that. And the thing is that I made, I made a lot of progress in every area of my life. I made, I made a lot of progress just in general. I had a crazy year that, now that I think about it actually. But at the, at the core of that was health is, is the most important. So like I, I didn't, I very rarely sacrificed sleep. I was very serious about my sleep. I never missed a workout unless I absolutely had to. And I made every effort to make it up. Um, and then like, you know, if I missed half a week, I, last week is a great example. I was traveling. I got back on like late Monday night and then I was out of commission Tuesday for something. Um, cause I got back from Florida and I drove back from Florida. That was a mistake. But, um, I got back and I was like, it was Wednesday before I was able to get back to the gym. And I had taken, you know, half of that week off and the week before I've been traveling, um, it was down in the keys and, I was like, well, do I want to skip this week too? Or do I want to just like cobble together a, a quick workout? Like, yes, I'm not going to be able to get the full amount in this week, but like, am I going to do something? Yes, absolutely. It wasn't a question for me because I've, I've, I've just, I've burned this into my brain that no matter what my health comes first, because if you don't have health, you don't have anything, right? That doesn't mean that you can't ever skip a workout. It doesn't mean that you have to spend six hours a day in the gym. It, it wasn't until maybe middle of the summer that I started working out longer than an hour. And now I'm doing it because I want to. Now I'm working out about two hours a day because I like doing it. And if I don't have the time, then I don't have the time. That's just something I enjoy doing. But the point is that I didn't force myself to do that. I just said, listen, I'm going to be serious about how I work out and about how I eat, about how I sleep, everything. I quit drinking. Um, and so that was just what I focused on. Now, out of that, I had a tremendous burst of energy because now I'm healthy. I feel good about myself, right? And I always encourage people, whenever you're starting anything, if you're starting self-improvement, start with your body. Because if you get your body right, everything else is going to follow. Your physical health has a profound impact on your mental health. Your, the, the way that you look has a really profound effect on the way that other people <laughs> interact with you as well. And that's kind of annoying to say, but it's also true. And you can get mad about that. And you can say, oh, people are superficial. I don't care about that stuff. You do care. To some extent, unconsciously, you care. So it's like you can try to opt out of the game and say you don't care and make things because it's like it's easier to say that than it is to admit that you're not where you want to be. Like if you're not somewhere where you're proud of your physical health, if you don't feel that you look very attractive and you don't ever work out, you don't eat right and you drink a lot and you don't sleep and you don't drink water and you don't take collagen and it's like you just, you know, you're kind of falling apart a little bit. It's easier to say, oh, well, I'm not superficial. I don't care about that. You should care. Because whether 
people say that they care or not, unconsciously, they are evaluating you and they are judging you to some extent. And you're going to be looked more favorably at upon. They will look more favorably upon you if you are physically healthy. Um, it, it's, it's, it, I don't, it, it's true. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like, <clears throat> people struggle with this idea of like, especially in dating, um, it's like, well, like, why don't people like me? And it's like, well, did you do the most basic thing? Did you make yourself physically attractive? No, I want them to like me for my personality. It's like, well, lots of good looking people have great personalities too. Like, if you have a choice between somebody with a great personality who isn't physically attractive and someone who is physically attractive and also has a good personality, it's like, well, who are you going to pick? Like, you're going to pick the person that has more, right? And it's like, should looks be everything? Obviously not. Like, that's a stupid thing to say. But saying, oh, well, looks shouldn't matter, it's stupid. It's denying reality because people absolutely judge one another based off of their physical appearance. And it goes past dating. It goes into, like, you know, when you're, when you're speaking with somebody, like, Sales is a great example. People respond very different to, differently to me now than they did two or three years ago. Like just the people, like I'm a pretty big guy to begin with. I'm like, I'm a six five. And so like, you know, even when I wasn't, I didn't look that great, you know, like I kind of got a different vibe and a different attention from people than I do now. People respond very differently to me and it's subtle. And it's, it's, it's like, it's something that you, it's, it's weird. Like you just notice it sometimes. It's like, wow, like that wouldn't have happened three years ago right and it's because of why like you look at people who have obviously done a lot of work because you can't fake it you can take steroids and you can like you can cheat a little bit but you still have to put in some work to be physically healthy right especially as you get past the age of i don't know 25 to 30 somewhere in there you start declining if you're not actually putting in the work um probably sooner but it's like you have to you have to put in effort for that and so it's like people have this unconscious respect for you when you do that and what's more important is that you respect yourself more because you see yourself as somebody that has shown up and done the work every single day for a significant amount of time. So it's like, if I can handle that unconsciously, I believe that I can handle other stuff too, right? I can take on this, this big challenge, this promotion at work or this new job, this new assignment, or I can go back to school. I can start this new relationship. I can do whatever. It's like, I have more confidence in myself because I've proven to myself that I am someone who is trustworthy because I've diligently applied myself day in and day out for a long time and I can see the results of that it's a very profound thing people like try to hate on you know self-improvement and like it's just it's it's toxic it's destructive it's stupid like <clears throat> take the things that are important to you that are going to add the most amount of value to your life and and put the energy into those and I always start with physical health because guess what if you don't have that you don't really have much of anything else even if you have the you know, you, you're, you're a genius and you have great, you have a lot of money and you have like a great relationship and you have a family that loves you. If you're really, you know, unhealthy, you're not going to enjoy it as much as you could. First off, you're not going to enjoy it for as long as you could. Secondly, right. And plus like people see you a certain way. You want to be a good example to the people in your life. And I don't think that that's something that is said enough because most people feel inadequate. Most people feel like they're hanging on by a thread as it is. They're struggling just to get by as themselves. Like they don't, they don't see themselves as being a role model to the world at large. But guess what? When you shift your mindset from being selfish and thinking just about yourself to thinking, how can I have the best impact possible on everyone around me? Anybody that comes into contact with me, anybody that meets me, anybody that, that, that looks at me, that speaks with me, that works with me, that does business with me, how do I have the best impact possible on them, right? 
It's like, well, I need to be somebody that's a good role model. You don't have to be a perfect person, but you need to be somebody that other people look at and go, damn, like that's, that's cool. Like I respect that person. I admire that person. We need more people like that in the world. We need more people that have the mindset that like, you know, you don't have to try to be the best. You don't have to try to take over the world, but you have this, this, this way of thinking that I'm going to leave everyone who meets me a little bit better off. That's a really profound thing. And it gets, it gets the attention off of you and it gets it onto other people. And it plugs you into the community at large, which is going to distract you in a, in a good way from a lot of the, the stuff that comes up um, when, you do, when you become selfish. So, like, um, let me say, like, like, depression and anxiety are great examples of that. I'm not saying that people who are depressed and anxious are, like, bad people. But, like, the only way that you can get caught up in those things is if you get caught up in your own head, right? If you are really distracted by helping other people and making other people's lives better, you don't have a lot of time to be depressed, right? Now, don't get me wrong, you can use that as a coping mechanism to escape the darkness inside of you, and that's not healthy either. Like, you've got to deal with your own demons. You've got to deal with your own stuff. You don't want to use, like, service to others as an escape, right? But when you genuinely, when you deal with your own stuff and you have an, an overflow, you have an excess of energy, and you use that to, to make the people around you stronger, and you strengthen, say, your friends, your family, your, your partner, your, you know, whatever community that you're in, your, your coworkers, just, just all of that. You, you use that to build other people up. You create a community that is very strong and something that is going to support you when you have your dips in production and, and mental health and, and physical health. Like, you, it's not about just giving to other people indiscriminately. It's not about, like, sacrificing yourself and becoming a martyr just, just because... It's about understanding that, like, I take care of myself, and because of that, I have a lot of extra energy. I have a lot of extra time. I have a lot of extra something. I can use that overflow, and I can spill it in, or I can use it to spill into the lives of the people around me, and I can lift them up a little bit. I can spread a little bit of light. I can spread a little bit of joy and happiness and encouragement, right? I can inspire the people around me, and I can make them want to be better just by being around me because they look at me and say, that's a great person to, to be with. That's a great person to have in my corner. That's who I want to fight with. That's or, or, well, side by side with. Um, <clears throat> and what that does is like, when you focus on building that community, when you take time to, to build your friends up, to build your coworkers up, that gets repaid back to you in really profound ways that you just don't have any, any way of, 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 of expecting, right? Like people, people will remember that. People will take care of you in return. People will, you will build up a very strong, system within which you have a lot of safety and security and you will find a lot of meaning in that and it's like you go through this process it's like when you really overcome obstacles in your life when you say like let's say it's physical health for example let's say like you, you're not in the best of shape but you decide i'm going to get my life together i'm going to go out there i'm going to be a good um, i'm going to be a good role model for my family i'm going to be a good role model for my peer group right well you may lose some of your friends because maybe your friends don't want to be healthy and they, they kind of resent it a little bit and you get that crab in the bucket scenario where they kind of try to pull you back down. And all that is, a lot of times, it's not malicious. People are not like, when people try to hold you back in their life, it's, it's I don't think, I really don't believe that it's usually like a bad thing, that they're, they're bad people and they're trying to hurt you. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes people are, are jealous, they're insecure, they're trying to hold you back. That does happen. I had a, it, I, I've had that happen before. I'm not saying it doesn't, it doesn't exist. But a lot of times, it's people, they want to make sense of things. 
and I hope that this, I hope that understanding this helps you be a little bit more patient with people and a little bit more accepting and not necessarily that you tolerate the behavior, but that you, you do it from a place of, of, of understanding and grace. And you say, listen, like, you know, everybody's, everybody wants to make sense of the world. So when you're, you're friends with somebody or you're in some sort of relationship with somebody for years, for a long time, and they start breaking the baseline pattern, they start acting differently. Part of you, like your unconscious wants that to make sense. And it's like, no, 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 that's not right. Let's, let's, let's make this fit again. And like, typically it's, it's, it's an unconscious thing and they, they just want things to make sense again. And for things to make sense, you have to kind of go back to the way you were. You have to conform a little bit, right? And so they try to push you back into the box. And again, I think most of the time it's unconscious. I don't think that most people realize when they do this. I don't think that very many people intentionally try to hold back um, their friends and loved ones. I really don't. But it happens unconsciously all the time. So you need to be aware of that um, as you decide, hey, this is my resolution for the year. I want to get in shape. Or, hey, I want to get, I want to become wealthy. I want to, I want to make significantly more money this year. I want to, I don't know, whatever your goal is, pick something that is meaningful to you, but pick something that you understand the process of getting there will be meaningful. So I, I keep using the gym. I'm going to try to I'm try to pick something else. But like, if you say, look, I want to read uh, what, what, what was going around. There was a thing like sir, that most CEOs read 60 books a year. Um, I call, I call bullshit on that. First of all, I don't believe that. I don't know of many CEOs that read that much at all. Uh, most of them read some, most of them will listen to podcasts like mine. Uh, most of them will like find ways of like learning. But what I've observed about people in those positions is that they usually surround themselves by really intelligent people that are going to kind of argue with them a little bit and they pit themselves against other people and against problems. So yes, they will read books. They will go find coaches and mentors, but a lot of times it's like they don't have time because they're actually solving real things. And I'm not hating on reading. I'm not hating on books. It's a, it's, it's, it's a valuable thing. I'm a, I'm a really big reader, but it's much more productive to put yourself in a position like in a business environment, for example, where you have a real problem to solve and you get with some other intelligent people and you, you work it out, you talk about it, you, 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 you come up with solutions, you, you tear each other's solutions apart and you build better solutions based off of that, right? Like you find problems and, and you just find ways to fix them. You identify the systems that are at play beneath the surface. You understand the problem on a deeper level. You learn to gain that insight to kind of, you know, look into the true nature of things. And you find ways to solve those problems and you, you, you talk with other people. That's, that's where you learn a lot. That's where you really learn to become an articulate person. That's where you learn to express your thoughts in a way that makes sense to other people. And that's why, again, like I encourage the community side of things. Like if you don't have that, you need to get it this year. That needs to be a priority for you. If you don't have some sort of community where you can be surrounded by people that are going to tell you when you're wrong, even if you're not wrong, people that are going to give you feedback, people that you are going to be able to pit yourself against. If you don't have that, you need to get it. And if you have it, you need to work on strengthening it. You need to work on making it better. You need to work on growing it, make it more stable. Because that's where you're going to, to find a tremendous amount of personal growth. It's like, yeah, you can sit down and you can, you can read a book about, you know, certain things and that, that may help you. And I'm not saying don't do that. But I, I personally, I've learned more about human nature this last year just being in certain environments than I did the year before, um, you know, with the, the, the research projects that I was doing, you know, well, and not, not even then, just like the last six months, probably is a better way of saying it, like 
first part of this year was very much research oriented. The second part of the year was very much like just application. <laughs> and, you know, I, I learned more about how people in general just by observation and experimentation this year, um, this like since the summer than I than I had, you know, probably the, the entire year or two before that. And so that's and, and part of that is because I had conversations with intelligent people that were in the situation with me and we were giving each other feedback. We were talking through stuff, things like that's important. You need to find these communities. That's why I'm trying to like I haven't found anything. If you guys know of something, let me know. But I've been trying to figure out like a good community for discussing human nature, discussing psychology in a practical manner, because as of right now, the only one I can find is mine. You know, and it's like, it's not that there's no forearms or anything online. It's not that there's any, not intelligent people speaking, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be a public thing where people of certain intelligence can come and actually share their opinions. You know, Reddit's got a few posts and it's like, I just look at it and I'm thinking, you guys are all idiots. Um, I think what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to get on the Psychology Today Twitter feed and just start as many arguments as I can. Um, I'm just declaring war with that whole publication because they're garbage. They, they just, it's so superficial. It's such cheap crap. And they're trying to teach people this, like, oh, this is what you need to do to be happy. And it's like, it's just not based in reality. It's not based in, it, it, it drives me crazy. That's a great example of what happens when you don't have, when you're not plugged into the real world. It's like you, you get weird. Like you, you bounce your, you create echo chambers and you bounce your, your ideas off of other people that are strictly academic scholars. And like, they're, they're not really actually, you know, connected, like they're not doing anything with their lives. One of the things that I love about the old Greek philosophers, I don't agree with everything they wrote, but they were like really tough people, you know, like Plato is a good example. Plato was a competitive fighter. He was, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was some kind of like no holds barred, um, wrestling, like there's like eye gouging and, you know, you're expected to get, you know, groin shots in and like to bite people. It's like that, like, that's crazy. Like, he was a competitive fighter. He wasn't just like, oh, this is fun. Like he was just serious about it. Um, you know, Marcus Aurelius is another great example. He's the emperor of the, you know, um, the Roman empire at the time. He was, he was, you know, the most powerful person in the world at that time, if I'm not mistaken. And if, even if he wasn't, he's, he's very, he's up, he's at the table. Like these are people that were doing things and they and and through doing things they they made observations and they turned around and said this is what i've learned this is what has worked and they're they're human they're not perfect but it, it carries a lot more weight than somebody that sits down and says well i did all these studies and this is what i've concluded it's like there is a place for that that is valuable we need that for sure but it's like you've got to find a certain balance where you know you're actually going out there and applying it and that's why i started the show because nobody was actually applying things nobody was actually teaching things that were useful you, it, they were teaching things that were superficial and they're very surface level they're very shallow and it's like yeah they're kind of like you, you feel good when you read it but it doesn't actually change anything in your life and that's why i'm so like I was, <laughs> that's why i can get kind of intense sometimes that's why i try to be a little bit inflammatory because it's like i want people to think i want people to feel like something like to feel a certain amount of shame that like they know they could be better and they're not so like let's get let's get some let's get some motivation going let's get some incentive going and it's not coming from me it's coming from the fact that you know you could be better and that's all that matters if you know that you can be better then go be better do it for yourself do it for your family do it for your um your your bloodline i mean we've had 
countless generations who have gone through a lot, who have really struggled to survive, and you just don't have any, you can't fathom the amount of human suffering that your ancestors went through to put you here. And you're here and you're complaining about, well, you know, so-and-so goes to me, they won't text me back, I'm sad now. It's like, yeah, okay, that, that hurts your feelings, I got you, like, it sucks, but, like, are you going to let that dictate your life? Oh, this bad thing happened to me when I was 16. Okay, and so now that's my whole identity. It's like, well, you're 26 now. Like, it's been 10 years. Like, it's, it's your fault at this point. Like, you have a responsibility to move forward. It's like, maybe that was totally unfair. Maybe that was a, a terrible thing that you didn't deserve. I can, I, I probably agree with you on that. But at some point, you have to take responsibility for your own growth and healing. And it doesn't negate what happened to you, but it also is like, well, nobody's coming to fix it for you. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's going to show up and say, okay, you know what? Like, here's how you solve this. It's like, if you go out there and you look for the answers long enough, you might find them. You might figure out a way to process that. You might find a way to move on from that. You might find a way to create meaning out of that, right? You might find a way to just accept it, to, 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 to build yourself from it. You know, you go through these, like, um, you know, rejections over and over again. You go through these, these obstacles over and over again. You go through these, these hardships, these pains, and it's like, it's exhausting. But every time you go through it, you're kind of just building that, that callus a little bit, like you get a little bit tougher. And it's not about becoming callous. It's not about becoming somebody that doesn't feel the effects of this anymore. But it's about outgrowing it, right? It's about getting to a point where it doesn't hurt you anymore. One of my favorite, um, let me get more coffee. I haven't covered any of the things, by the way, that I meant to cover when I sat down. I was going to talk about dopamine. Um, I'm going to talk a little, well, I'm going to save that for another day. I might talk about dopamine a little bit. So, <clears throat> I, I, yeah, well, let's just move on. Let's, let's move on to this because it's, um, we're kind of closing in on time. So, we've covered that, we've covered that. As far as dopamine goes, um, one thing that, and I, I haven't fully articulated this, I'm going to share my thoughts with you guys. And if you disagree, that's totally fine. Reach out to me and give me some feedback. If you agree with me, but you think I could have said it better, again, let me know. But <clears throat> something I've been thinking about a lot lately, there is, um, you know, dopamine, and, and I'm not a, like a neuroscientist, so I may, like, I'm using kind of general terms. So if I'm not totally precise with my language, I, you know, I apologize, but I don't want to, um, I, I want to make sure that what I say is, is accurate. Dopamine is basically the, the chemical in our bodies that makes us feel like something good's about to happen. So it makes us it's, it makes us like search for things. It makes us seek things out. So when you you know when you get something, you get a certain reward, like a, a chemical reward in your body. You get a certain reward from it. But people, what's interesting is we we tend to find a lot more satisfaction in the feeling that something is about to happen more so than something has already happened you know it's not the satisfaction of the release it's the excitement of the tension leading up to it that we really like okay um and i'm gonna not make the dirty joke that comes to mind but the point being that if you structure your life in a way where you don't have anything to strive for and this is going to sound cliche, but let me get a little bit deeper with it. So if you don't have anything to strive for, you're not going to feel fulfilled. And it's just part of the human condition. And, you know, the spiritual community is kind of built around this idea is like learning to let go of the seeking behavior. 
And on a fundamental level, I agree with them. I also don't even want to get into the spiritual side of things, though, just because like the New Age spiritual community in particular is very destructive. It's very toxic. And I, 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 I kind of I, I was involved in them for a few years and I just kind of started to see through the crap that they were feeding people and say like, this is this is garbage now there's some redemption there's some redeeming qualities in there there is some truth in those teachings it's just that they've they've turned it in like the they've turned it into a, a, a religion a man-made religion that is stupid and i don't know how else to say it like i'm not trying to like you know attack anybody's you know beliefs but at the same time it's like there's a lot of things in the new age spiritual movement that are just garbage they just they're just not true and they talk about all these concepts and it's like, where did this come from? And that was what really irritated. I, I started to realize that they were wrong, first of all, about some things. I was like, well, let's look into it. Where did this come from? And it's like, I can't find any real foundational like text or anything that a lot of these beliefs come from. You know, the stuff that they talk about with, you know, what, whatever practices that they have and the beliefs that they have and like um, soulmates is a great example of that. It's like they, they, they preach soulmates and I'm like, where did this come from? And it's like, well, it just we just kind of made it up when you really get to the bottom of it. It's like, we just kind of thought of it. It's like, and they, but they pass it off to be like, oh, this is in the, the ancient Vedic texts or this is in the uh, Enuma Elish or whatever. And it's like, it's all this old stuff. It's so, it's so old. And it's like, it's not though. Like the concept, like the closest thing that I could find, for example, for the soulmates was the, the Greek creation story, which is also very similar to the Gnostic creation story, which is, and the biblical creation story, but probably more more so the Gnostic. Um, but you know the idea that the first human prototype was androgynous, and then part of the the fall um, that would be in the Bible, which it wasn't really articulated that way in the Greek stories. Um, but like the the fall was like when you know the the higher powers separated male and female, and so they 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 took the 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 four armed, four legged, um, two headed, you know man-woman <laughs> hybrid and they, they separated them into man and woman respectively um and so like there's this idea plato mentioned it briefly it's like you know like there's this idea that there was that separation we men and women used to be connected and so like that's like part of what drives us back together is, is trying to regain that that original unity of of the masculine and feminine and um that's that's the the closest thing to soulmates that is older than the 18th century that i can find and even even then, it's it's not even like anything that was like profound or coming from some sort of like actually recognized spiritual text. It was just kind of stuff that people made up. And so that's that's just one example. I'm not trying to get fixated on that. I'm just pointing out that like they there's like such this. It's like it's a it's a pop term or it's a buzzword or whatever whatever the right phrase is. It's something that people talk about a lot. Like ooh, soulmates and blah blah blah, twin flames. And it's like. I can't actually find anything like doing my own research that says that this was anything based off of like a, a real belief that is older than you know 30 years or something like that. I mean, 30 years is not, is not precise. I'm just saying that as an example. Now, if you guys know anything, by all means, let me know. Um, but, but that's not the point. The point being that like if you base your life around the idea, and I've talked about this, I, I actually really hate the idea of soulmates. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's important. I really hate the idea of soulmates. I think it's very toxic. I think it's very destructive. <clears throat> one of the reasons is that if you think that there's only one person out there for you and you're not totally happy with the person you're with and you're, you're struggling and you're trying to make a relationship work and it's difficult, 
And you start thinking, well, maybe this person isn't my soulmate because that person is perfect for me and I don't have to work at it. And people get very easily distracted from the fact that, look, the person who's perfect for you is going to help you grow. And growth is a destructive process by nature. You have to, like a, a, a plant coming out of the seed, it destroys the shell of the seed as it comes out of it, right? The, the butterfly cannot manifest unless the caterpillar dissolves into a, a liquid, right? Like it's, it's, it's not a pretty process. Growth is destructive. Growth is painful. And you have to tear down the old structures. And it, it, the thing is that like when you're being tested in life, when you're actually growing, you usually don't understand what it is that you're being tested on. You don't really understand what exactly it is that's growing. It's like you may sometimes realize my patience is being tested. My resolve is being tested. But usually the real growth is something that you realize after the fact. You look back and see, oh, wow, like I actually was, it was my character that was being tested. Like, am I going to do the right thing? Or actually it was, can I maintain my beliefs? Can I hold fast to something? Um, can I stay consistent when things are difficult, right? And it's like, you look back and you realize the real meaning and growth was something that you didn't understand. And if you did, when you do understand it, it, it doesn't have as much emotional weight when you make it through that obstacle as when you look back and like, oh, like crap, I didn't even know that this was going on. And I, I just, I did it. Like I passed, like I can be proud of that. That's a big thing. It's a big deal. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to kind of briefly go into this, um, which again, I, I do think that this is truly important to understand is that when you, when you think that things should be easy, and you expect that things are just going to be a certain way, you don't have to work at it. And you think, well, my soulmate's not going to make me work for this. This relationship must not be good for me because it's destructive. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. It, it may be a destructive relationship. And it's like, if it's toxic, then yeah, get out of it. I'm not saying that you have to stay with everybody that um, challenges you just because that's good. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that in a good relationship, you will be challenged. You will have to grow. You will have to face your inadequacies and it will be painful going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult. So if you're expecting things to be easy because it's like, oh, my soulmate is just going to make sense. It's not going to happen that way. And so then you start having this, this, you start becoming unsatisfied. It's like, oh, well, there's only one person out there for me. One, that creates a lot of anxiety. That creates a lot of stress. <laughs> when it's ridiculous. There's out of billions of people, there's only one person that you can really fall in love with. Really? Is that, that's kind of stupid. But let's say that there's even like, I don't know, there's one in every 10,000. And it's like, you could have a few soulmates, whatever. Well, every time you get to a negative place in your relationship and you're going through like a trial, you're going through some sort of struggle and somebody comes in, you're going to have connections with a lot of people. I don't know how else to tell you that. You're going to click with people and it's not one person. There's not only one person out there for you that you're going to click with. And I remember I made that mistake when I was like 16. There's like one girl that I was crazy about because like, it was just the only person I had ever like clicked with. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the only person I'm ever going to fall. It's not true. It's just not like I've had amazing connections with many people. Some of them were romantic. Some of them were not. Um, some of them, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like <clears throat> some of them I pursued and some of them I didn't. And that's the real lesson is like, look, you're going to meet people that you're going to click with and you're going to have this connection. And if you think that, well, there's only one person out there for me and I'm not feeling it with, with this person that I'm with, but this other person, this is a connection. This is new and exciting. This feels good. It's like, well, now you think that you have some sort of like moral, spiritual high ground for leaving this relationship. It's like, well, I, I have to, like, because this could be the only one for me. And people, and I see this over and over again. People are just constantly like in this cycle of like 
chasing after whatever is new and exciting. And they don't see it that way. They see it as, oh, there's a connection. I have to pursue it. You don't have to pursue every connection, right? Like you, you, you just don't. Like that's, that's, that, it is what it is. If you miss that opportunity and your, your current relationship still falls apart, it doesn't matter. You will still have more opportunities in the future. Like you're not losing anything. It's just that particular opportunity might pass you by. That's fine. Like you're not losing something. You're making a choice to stay, you know, committed to something that has a little bit more structure to it, that, that has a little bit more meat to it. Like this is something that, that is meaningful because I've put work into it. I've put investment into it. It's like I'm not losing this connection that I could have had with somebody. I'm making the choice to build something meaningful instead of something superficial because like you don't know that person they may be a psychopath they may be a narcissist that makes you think that you're you have a connection you may be i don't know 19 and not know any better you may be 30 and not know any better <laughs> it doesn't matter but the idea of soulmates is just absolutely ridiculous and i i refuse to to buy into it there's a lot of people out there that you can have connections with so find find them and try to build relationships with those people but like once you find somebody like just like there's no need to keep searching, to keep seeking. And that takes us back to the dopamine thing. Look, we feel better when we're seeking something. And so it's easy. It's like if you, if you get into something where, let's say it's a job, let's say it's a relationship, and you're, you have it now, it's easy to, to feel like you, the, 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 that, that, that cycle of like pursuit is gone. That cycle of like I need to get something is gone. So you've got to learn to, to train yourself to think a little bit differently about it. It's like if I've worked my ass off to get this job or to this income level, and now I have it, and I feel empty. Why? Because the goal was not what made me excited and fulfilled. It was the act of growth itself. It was the act of the process. It was the act of getting better every single day. It was the act of showing up and putting in the energy. It was the act of seeking something that, was, that, that felt meaningful. All right? So if you understand that, then you can kind of hijack your brain a little bit. And again, you know... From a spiritual standpoint, it's like you want to escape that that need, that desire to, to constantly seek. It's a whole other discussion. And I think that it has it should be had, and I think that it's valuable. And I'll probably have that episode in, you know, maybe a few months and people will look at these two and be like, Well, these are totally contradictory. It's like, well, life is contradictory. Life is a paradox. I don't know what to tell you. There's we, we don't have it figured out. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, I've hit the point in my life where I realized that there's no adult that's going to come and tell me how to do things because nobody knows. None of the adults around me, like usually some will have certain things figured out better, but nobody has all the answers. Nobody knows what's really going on. And people have their own theories. People have their own beliefs. Everyone thinks that they know. But when you really put it under the microscope, they're just kind of just, just kind of winging it. And that's, you can look at that as a terrifying thing because you realize that, all of our leaders, all of our the business people that run the world, all of the people that we rely on are just as blind and lost as we are. And that can be terrifying. And it is. Uh, <laughs> it definitely is. But at the same time, it's also comforting because it's like you don't have everything figured out, but that's okay. Like nobody does. We're doing this together. And that's why it's important, again, to build that community to understand that like we've got these differences. We've got these things like people irritate us. They're always going to irritate us. But we're in this together. And if we don't learn to work with one another, then like, we, the odds are really just not in our favor. They're, they're very much against us. And so it's like you don't have to try to have a good relationship with every person in your life. You should, but you don't have to like stress out about that. But if you do stress out a little bit about becoming the kind of person that other people want in their lives, 
because you're inspirational, because you're a good example, because you're conscientious, because you show up and you do the work and you, you do things that make you feel better about yourself in a way that also inspires people to make themselves feel better um, through their own actions. Like that's a really powerful thing, and that's going to reward. That's going to come back to reward you. That's not just that's that's going to have a, a lot of compound um, interest over the long term. That's going to be something that really has a profound impact on your life. Because yes, you're getting better. You're making other people better, and they're in turn going to make you better too. There's like a, there's a feedback loop that gets closed there, where you guys are kind of like supporting each other, and that happens in the local community. It happens in the community at large. Um, but so we've we've got to learn that like when we get things that we need like one is it's important to adjust our goals too you got to move the goalposts a little bit you got you got to celebrate the victories right but you'll learn that like you, you hit these these meaningful milestones like, i got that job i got that relationship and then you feel empty and it's like that wasn't actually the most fulfilling thing you know this it's the process of it it's the it's the process and i think relationships are a good examples like it's not about getting someone to, to fall for you. It's about going for, through the process of falling in love together. It's, a, it's not about like, we're going to, you know, in 30 years still be married. It's about on a day-to-day -day basis, what is the growth and progression that we go through together? What is the interaction that we have? What is the depth of, of our, you know, um, intimacy? What is the depth of our, um, like, how do we help each other explore our own consciousness individually? How do we come together and create something new? You look at a job or something like that. It's not about like, I need this specific job or I need this specific income level. So like, how do I get better every single day? How do I constantly seek self-improvement and development? It's like, yes, I also have this goal that like, I want to be wealthier. I want to be in that position. I want to be able to help people. or I want that security, whatever it is. But it's like, what is the process I go through day to day? And when you get there, when you get to that goal when you realize it was arbitrary, it doesn't matter that much because by that time you're a totally different person and you're able to set new goals. You're able to set new um, things that you want to go after and you're, you're able to see things a little bit different because you are different. You've become different through that, right? And so you need to stop thinking about like, when I get this, when I get that, when you get those things, you're going to, you're, the, the dopamine goes away. You don't feel it anymore, right? And so it, it's, it's, it's important to understand that like, when you get close to having those successes, you know, whether it's, you know, I, I don't know, something in the gym or there's something in your finances, something in your relationships and your academic approaches, it doesn't matter. You need to understand, like, once I get it, it's not going to, it's going to feel good maybe for a while, but it's not going to sustain itself. I need to be able to one, set new goals. And I need to, I need to understand, like, what new way can I explore this thing? So it's like, okay, I got that person, I married this person, but like, how do we explore that relationship? So instead of becoming complacent, like, okay, yeah, I have this person now, and then it becomes dead and empty. Or it's like, okay, yeah, I have this job now, I've been after this for two or three years, and then uh, I had this experience a while ago, I got my dream job, I was like, and I, I walked up there, and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> And I was just kind of looking around, I was like, I'm, I'm the same person I was six months ago. Like, I'm, a, I'm better at my craft, and I have a little bit more um, insight into this industry, but I'm like, it's, it's, it's still me. I'm making more money, and it's, it's fun, but it's like, okay, what now? You know, there's always that what now, and that's just part of the human condition. Schopenhauer talks about that. Um, I think he's, he says something along the lines of, like, you know, if you really want to enslave the human race, just make them only be content um, 
when they're pursuing something. You know, you don't get the satisfaction out of accomplishment. It's only in the pursuit. So you have you get stuck constantly chasing things. And you can look at that in a couple ways. You can look at that, that in like the spiritual pursuit and say, well, I want to escape that suffering. I want to escape that cycle. Or you can look at it and say, well, that's the mechanism that my brain uses to navigate through the world. I feel good when I'm pursuing something. So I need to understand that like I need to constantly have something I can pursue, right? I need something that I can chase every single day, something that I can work on every single day. And what that will be is going to be different for everybody. But I always encourage people, focus on the small stuff that you can do right now because you're going to change six months down the road. You don't know what's, what, what this year is going to look like. We have no idea. We just really don't. Um, what was it, 2020, when, when you know we got put in lockdown, I had very different plans. I'm sure we all did. And I thought things were going to go very differently. <laughs> and they did not. They, I, I ended up, um, you know, taking a three-month spiritual retreat and instead. And it's like, that was not what I planned at all, but it actually, you know, ended up being a good thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, focus on the little habits. Um, I encourage people to, to, to use the, the landmark of the new year, but don't get into this mindset like, I have to set a resolution. Resolve that you're going to set something, you're going you're gonna to set these little daily habits. You're going to focus on those things and you're going to get better about them. And I hope that this is a little bit of like, I don't know, motivation, giving you guys a little bit of stuff to think about. Um, moving forward, we'll, I've got, I've got a lot of different directions that I want this show to go in, actually, and it's kind of hard to figure out exactly which way I want to go, because I want to do it all at once, and I can't. So um, I appreciate everybody's feedback. I've got some, some good feedback. I've got some people who wanted to argue with me. Um, I love it both. I love you guys in a way. Um, I actually do like arguing with people. That actually makes me feel good about myself for some reason. Um, but I think we're going to wrap it up here today. Just good luck on everything. Again, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, go do so. Um, just so that I can get some followers up and I'm not just speaking into the void of the social media black hole. Um, and if I do, I don't care. Yeah, so good luck on, on everything, guys. 2023 coming up set some good goals set some big goals but also bring them down to the daily and don't get too caught up in, in thinking about them get more caught up in acting upon them right set stuff that's achievable but set stuff that's also meaningful you know don't set something arbitrary like i i know i talked to somebody the other day and they said that their goal was to floss more it's like okay um you should floss you should <laughs> yeah you should floss more you should absolutely floss every day I feel like you could probably set a bigger goal though. You could set, set something around like, again, prioritizing health. I'm going to be as healthy as possible and part of that is flossing, right? Because if you just create that mindset like I am a healthy person and this year is me developing those healthy habits, it's like, well, then you start to notice I don't need to eat that. I need to brush my teeth. I need to sleep more, I need more water, whatever it is. Like you can figure out the details as you go. You don't need to have it figured out to start. You just have to start. Um, so yeah, pick, and, and again, like I, I, you should be flossing, but that's not a meaningful goal. Like it's a, it's a productive goal. It's something that you should be doing, but pick something that is going to like one, the process of it. It doesn't even matter if you achieve it. It's just like, I can't achieve the, the goal of like, you know, like if health is prior is, is my priority, like what is the end point for that? There is no end point. It's just that that's a mindset that I now have that I'm cultivating, right? And for the coming year, maybe like you switch over and say, okay, well, this year I'm focusing on money. This year I'm focusing on um, community relationships. Maybe 
um, I focus on the spiritual side of things, whatever it is, you know, and it, it, it doesn't matter. You pick something and you say, like, even if I don't accomplish anything, like, objectively, will I be a better person for this, right? So, like, let's say, like, I want to devote my, this year to, like, becoming the best partner that I can. Like, I'm, I'm in a marriage or whatever. I want to be the best parent and, and partner. And, like, even if, like, that relationship falls apart, like, can you become a better person by deciding that you're going to be um, and show up for your family in a different way? Yeah, absolutely you can, right? And it's like you can't control what other people do. You can't control if they respond to you um, in the way that you want. But that's something that's risky you have to take, right? And it's like you can learn, you know, well, how do they respond? How can I adjust my approach so that, you know, different calls equals different effect? If they're not communicating the way that I want them to, well, how do I influence that? How do I, how do I change that? You know, if you don't, you know, if you, if you want to be, I don't know, you can pick an arbitrary goal, like I want to run the Spartan race or something. A friend of mine did that last year, and it was, a, it was a huge deal for him. It was like the biggest thing he had accomplished in years. He ran the Spartan race, this obstacle course, um, or the Savage race, one, one of those. And it was like, he was trying to get me to do it. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm really more interested in bodybuilding right now. It's like, I just, I don't, I don't care about that particular accomplishment. Like I've done all that. <laughs> I've, I've run plenty of obstacle courses. I've actually run for my life before. I've actually like, I've, I did this in the military. I did this like, you know, growing up, I did this, all, all this, I, I, I've, I've done this before. Like it doesn't mean anything to me, but it's a huge deal for him. And it's not because the race is a huge deal. It's because he built it up in his mind. Like this is a huge obstacle that I have to overcome. This is a, this is the test for me. It's, it's the, the training, it's the event. And it's like, you build it up into this big thing and then you do it. And it's like, it's a fundamentally meaningless goal. Like it doesn't like, you're not gonna be wealthier for it. You're not gonna like, I don't know. You're not gonna get more attention publicly or more respect publicly for doing it. I mean, you might, but I mean, it's, it's, it's intrinsically meaningful to him because that's something that mattered to him. And it's like, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't, I don't want to go crawl through the mud and then get electrocuted uh, before, you know, running and jumping through puddles and whatever. It's like, it just doesn't sound appealing to me anymore. Like, maybe when I was 19, but I'm just like, I just, I don't want to do that. Like, I'd, I'd rather challenge myself in other ways, but to him, that meant a lot. And that's the point I'm making is that, like, pick something that means something to you. Like, don't care what other people say. Um, you know, within reasons, obviously, like, don't, don't, like, go out to hurt people, but, you know, pick something that's going to matter to you, no matter what, like, this podcast is a big deal for me, and sometimes people don't understand it, and it's like, well, let me show you my DMs, let me show you how many people have reached out and said that I've helped them, it's like, that's why I do this, right, because this means something to me, and it doesn't make sense to everyone, but that's, that's fine, like, that, that, it, it, it still matters, you know, so I'm going to leave you with that, good luck, as always, reach out to me on social media if you guys are interested in talking, I do have coaching services if that's something you want to explore as well. Um, and yeah, if you want to support the show, you can subscribe. I know on Spotify, it's just it's a link in the, in the description. Um, but yeah, good luck to you guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, happy Hanukkah, Saturnalia, Solstice, Yule, whatever it is that you celebrate. Best of wishes to you. I'll see you guys soon.